0: Welcome to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. Listen in as we uncover hidden treasure. Now,
1: here's Ray. Hi, I'm Ray Sturdivant. We're taking a look at law and grace, and today we'll see how grace avoids spiritual adultery. In the seventh chapter of Romans, Paul uses the analogy of marriage to explain what happened to us when we started to follow Jesus at salvation. Romans 7.1 Or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you were also made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you may be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. According to verse 4 of our passage, when we came to Jesus, we didn't just get a divorce from the law, we are supposed to have died to the law. Dying to the law frees us to marry Jesus. We are now in relationship with Jesus and going back to flirting and playing footsies with the law is tantamount to spiritual adultery. Paul continues with this analogy in the following verses. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we've been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We were bound to the law like a wife to a husband, but the law wife has died, and we are free to be in a secure, permanent relationship with our new husband, Jesus. Cheating on a spouse is graphically described in verse 5 as sinful passions aroused by the law. In other words, our flesh will always be attracted to the law because our flesh sees in the law something that will gratify our flesh's desire to be righteous apart from admitting that we're in a hopeless state of sin. It takes grace to stay married to our spiritual husband and not let our minds wander into the illegitimate affair of our flesh to the law. Once again, I want to reiterate that there is nothing wrong with the law, but it was never designed to take the place of a personal relationship with the Creator of the universe. He just had to put something in front of us that would drive us in desperation back to Him, and it is an affront to the blood of Jesus for us to use a tool meant to drive us to Him as a means to stay separated from Him. This is explained as we continue in context with our passage. Go back to Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But when sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead." I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. For sin, taking an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So let's stay dead to the law and alive to Jesus. I'm Ray Sturdivant, Mining the Truth. Thanks for listening to Mining the
0: Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments about the show, visit us online at miningthetruth.com. So thanks again for listening, and join us next week as we continue to uncover hidden treasure.